welcome to the ghost gig. Are you sitting comfortably? <gasps> then let's begin. Uh, uh, forgot um, we've begun. Just checking that I've been comfortable. Are you comfortable? Ish. Okay. My legs are sore. I've done a lot of walking today. You did do a lot of walking today. Um, yeah, but apart do less from that, of that reasonably, your legs will hurt less. Reasonably comfortable. Okay. Um, I guess we'll take that. Are you comfortable? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Shall we Shall we do the podcast then? <sighs> yeah, let's do a podcast. Yeah, okay. What um, should we do in a podcast about? <laughs> hmm. I always thought there should be a podcast about wallpaper paste. So um, maybe we should do that. Uh, okay, go for it then. I haven't researched. <laughs> oh shit, we better go back to doing the ghost gig then. <sighs> um, well, so, now it just looks silly. Oh uh, yeah. Um, anyway, hello everyone. Hello. <laughs> Hope everyone's good and what that was about. Um, welcome uh, back to the ghost paste, gig. Obviously. Welcome back to the ghost gig, which is far more interesting than wallpaper paste. Oh, at least that's what we're told. Yep. Um, we are doing a song episode. Song. Yes. Let's do a song one. And uh, the the song we are going to look at is a song called Dry Bones or, um, quote, Dem Bones, Them Bones. Which is the version I'd heard of more. Yes. Um, I mean, it's the same song. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be saying Dem Bones because that, that, that would not be right. So I'm going to say Them Bones or Dry Bones. Um, Vince, you know this song, don't you? Well, as in everyone does when they're a child. Yes. Because... You have heard of this song. Absolutely. Amazing. Everyone has to do the silly dance to this one. Oh, I didn't know there was an actual dance. Yeah, that's why I was like, I had to just, like, point to the bit of the oh, yeah, body yeah, yeah, that yeah, they, yeah, they list. True. Well, it's more of a and point. And then, it, of, course, of course, it's I paraphrased in The Simpsons, as everything is. Yes, well, that every time, of course, I mean, the, the history of this song is really interesting, but everyone sort of goes, connected to your wristwatch, don't they? Because of The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean... Like a lot of things, The Simpsons have kind of like The Shining and various other things. The, the Shining, The Shining, you've got The Shining, you know. But The Simpsons is marvelous, so we re- we forgive it. Um, it's from Golden Age Simpsons yeah, as well, so it's fine. Exactly. Um, I think before we go into a bit of a history of this song, we should play it just so to get to refresh people's memories. Yeah, I can, you know what? That probably is what we should do here. Isn't and it? I'd yeah. say pointing to the it's not so much of a dance as pointing to parts of your body, really. It's a dance when you're like in nursery school. That counts as a dance. Yeah, I suppose it's, it's so. It's a structured set of instructions so. to noise. Yeah. Um, <laughs> before we play this song, I'd just like to say how fucking difficult this was to do. Because um, when I first went to record this song, I was like, oh, that's an easy song. It's just like the same tune over and over again. Oh, it's not. It's got the most <laughs> like delicate descending and de- uh, ascending it, and descending like scale chromatic going up and down yeah i don't even know what it? the yeah. term for it is i had to do it just with my voice because there was no way i could figure out um the instrumentation behind it i would have need like a proper real musician for that um so <laughs> the, you yeah. are a proper real musician you know i way. can't figure out stuff like that um i think it's chromatic I'm not but it doesn't doing, matter. i don't know don't know um when i listened to the version on YouTube, I was like, and I was like, oh, 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 <laughs> literally. So um, you're, you're holding your head in your hands, going, "Why did uh, I do this to myself?" I have done my very best. Hope you all enjoy it, and we will hear a little bit about the history behind it in just a sec. Perfect. Thank you. Dry bones, dry bones, dry bones, dry bones. Ezekiel carried them. Dry bones, Ezekiel carried them. Dry bones, Ezekiel carried them. Dry bones, now hear the word of the Lord. 
Ezekiel connected them. Dry bones, Ezekiel connected them. Dry bones, Ezekiel connected them. Dry bones, now hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, dry bones, dry bones, dry bones. Well, your toe bones connected to ya, foot bone, your foot bones connected to ya, heel bone, your heel bones connected to ya, ankle bone, your ankle bones connected to ya, leg bone, your legs bones connected to ya, knee bone, your knee bones connected to ya, thigh bone, your thigh bones connected to ya, hip bone, your hip bones connected to ya. Backbone, your backbone's connected to ya. Shoulder bone, your shoulder bone's connected to ya. Neck bone, your neck bone's connected to ya. Head bone, I'll hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, dry bones, dry bones, dry bones. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. I hear the word of the Lord. Disconnect them bones, them dry bones. Disconnect them bones, them dry bones. Disconnect them bones, them dry bones. I hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, dry bones, dry bones, dry bones. From your heel bone, your heel bones connected from your foot bone, your foot bones connected from your toe bone. I'll hear the word of the Lord. Dry bones, dry bones, dry bones, dry bones. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Them bones, them bones gonna walk around. Oh, hear the word of the Lord. Yeah, that's a lot more cheerful than I think it could have gone. Do you know what it was like doing that? It was like um, when you hear about people scuba diving and they've only got a certain amount of oxygen left in their tank. And oh, kind okay, of going, okay. <laughs> the oxygen's going down, down, and thinking, I've got just enough left. Just I was, I was trying to work left. out, like, how are you? This is like scuba diving. The song's about scuba diving. Like that. No, I was yes, talking about the, the actual secret, performance a of it. Secret, yeah, yeah. Secret hidden meaning about scuba yes. diving in that song. Did you not get it? Oh, the, about bony yeah. fish and things. Yeah. Yeah, but the um, ascending bit up the scale, when I got to the top, I was like, I, I have just about enough, <laughs> just about enough headspace to do it. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was you know, I was reasonably pleased with how that went. Um, I yeah. hope I did it justice. I know a lot of people will know this song. And well, I, yeah, I, I don't tricky. know about anyone else. I, I knew the, I suppose, is the chorus. Yeah. The the other parts, the I don't remember any of that yeah. bit. So I'm sure it was originally And there, that is but... very true. So the chorus of this song is really famous. Um, and then the rest of it is not so famous. So it brings ah, me okay. to okay. the background. So would you like to I am hear... curious about the background and also who is Ezekiel. Okay, so... Was it Ezekiel? Ezekiel, yeah. Ezekiel, right. So, Dry Bones, or Them Bones, is often mistaken for a folk song or nursery rhyme. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, in fact, a spiritual song. 
Yeah. Um, and it was composed uh, by Af- African-American author James Wilden Johnson. So that's where it came from. It's really nice we've actually got the, well, at least they've quoted an author of this song. Yep. No one's completely sure when he composed it. Okay. However, the fa- the first uh, recording of it uh, was by the famous Myers Jubilee Singers in 1928, which wow. is interesting. I was, would have thought it would have been, I mean, I suppose oh, it was I'm written sure it, before. I'm but sure it pre-existed for yeah, potentially yeah, yeah. decades. Um, and and um, some versions of the song um, also give writing credit to the author's brother, uh, J. Rosamond Johnson, too. Okay. So, I wonder if the first recording of it wasn't wouldn't be a sound recording. It could actually just be a you know, written the words down on something. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, the song obviously has spooky overtones, and these days is used mostly to help kids learn the bones of a human skeleton. Although and to, and to distract them before playtime. Yeah, I mean, of course, it doesn't actually use like scientific terms not, well, but okay. you're not gonna try I and think teach. that's fine yeah can you imagine also, I, if they tried to use the actual terms it would not fit the rhyme <laughs> scheme fit. very comfortably yeah I mean, it I'd, would feel a bit difficult i'm 32 i know the terms tibia fibia but i don't actually know where they are in the, they're in your legs or arms i know that the, that's those, about it yeah, 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 yeah. it's, it's going to get awkward especially you know, which toe which toe yeah you know yeah exactly which knuckle can you imagine um so as i said written as a spiritual song mm. um now is a nursery rhyme However, um, it exists in different versions and there's a sort of version for the nursery rhyme and a version for the spiritual sides. Okay. I, I kind of hoped there was going to be. Yeah. So spiritual version tells of Ezekiel in the Valley of the Dry Bones. Ezekiel is from the Bible. Right. Um, the nursery rhyme doesn't mention this and it is also today sometimes called the skeleton song. This unfortunately has nothing to do with Walt Disney, as I thought it did. <laughs> there is <laughs> there is a very old Walt Disney cartoon also called The Skeleton Song. Skeleton Dance. I don't uh, know skeleton you Dance, sorry. Yeah. And um, I watched it, but I was at work, so I had to watch it with the sound off. And I was like, oh, they're dancing to the song. They're not. They're dancing to some classical piece of music. It's just called the same thing, which is really disappointing because I was like, oh, brilliant, you know. And that's actually drawn over Cab Calloway dancing as well. He was the model oh, for that. Oh, no way, Cab really? Cab Calloway, yeah. That's uh, so Minnie cool. Minnie the Moocher, that's this famous song. So but what? It was him dancing on stage and they used him, him a film of him as reference now i'm even they more into, they got him into a sound stage and they kind yeah. of used him as the the the, the oh. rotoscoped over him because it's a classical piece so that's okay. really interesting oh now I'm i imagine even more he was originally dancing he was yeah. probably not a classical piece but you never know no now i'm even more gutted i'm sure that's the, the cab song. calloway yeah. one that's it's coming up from my mind i think yeah. that's a because i was confidently saying there. to vince oh yeah and the skeleton dance and walt disney got hold of it and anyway completely wrong it's not the same thing <laughs> oh well but the skeleton once i could actually watch it with sound i was like hang on a minute this is not the same thing then i googled it and i was like they have nothing to do with each other but skeleton dance by walt disney is a nice creepy little cartoon to watch it is it's and really, i did not really know nice that about one. um cab calloway i think that's cab calloway so that's really cool um I might favorite. be wrong, but I feel like it is quite well, early. Cab Calloway of the Blues Brothers, one of my favourite films. So, Well, yes, 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 you're right. He was um, pretty old at that point as well. Yeah, it's the, my first introduction to him. Yeah. So. Um. Anyway, so yeah, nothing to do with Disney, sadly, but do give the skeleton dance a watch mm-hmm. um, via Walt Disney. Um, so in the spiritual version of this song, it starts with an introductory verse and, tells, and then tells a sequence of bones from the toes upward and almost ends a command, now hear the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, the most famous version is from the Delta Rhythm Boys, and that is the version I listened to and then became horrified at the <laughs> quite complex uh, vocal 
you know, oh, right. g- okay. gymnastics so, so that's of the, yeah. their version is what you're uh, inspi- inspired listen. by. Give it a listen. It's really, really impressive. Oh, the, wow. There's four of them and the harmonies are insane. Um, and yeah, they do have backing. So, you know, they had, as I said, real proper musicians who knew how to back. Um, so they were really popular at the time. Um, and then through them, the song made its way onto radio, television and Broadway. Okay. Okay. Um, so... Um, Quite a quite a long journey that I imagine. Yeah, to be fair. yeah. So I will get back to the Ezekiel thing in a minute. But um, interestingly, the song wasn't only a spiritual song that pointed to the resuscitation of dry bones. Um, some say the piece actually refers to the tough times when people of color were um, kept under slavery. So the people who sang the song, it was a prophecy of better times because, of course, it was linked back to the Bible. Um, it was a time that they wouldn't have. They were dreaming about a time when they wouldn't have to suffer because of the color of their skin. So they would sing. They would sing that. And obviously there are many, many, many songs that come from that time. And because of those songs back then, we then have blues and then we have rock and roll, Mm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's so, so important. Those songs that were written and sung at that time. Um, Yes, hugely. And of course, back then, you know, they wouldn't have had instruments accompanying them either. Uh, some, <laughs> so, sometimes they would have done, but yeah, sometimes they, would, sometimes they wouldn't. Be. But you know, it would have all been vocal because like, the, is... the banjo originated in Africa. Oh, that's that so came cool. over. Yeah, it was. It's you know, it, I can't remember the. There's various instruments it originates yeah. from. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. Yeah. Um, so that was the other reason I didn't put any instruments at all, um, apart from the fact that I couldn't have done it under the ascending and descending scales. <laughs> I thought, well, you know. It would, it would have all been done vocally. So I'd like to try and recreate that in my own way if I can. So that was the other thing. Um, so these people would sing these songs. And obviously back in those days, the people would have been very religious. So this would have come, this song comes inspiration from the Bible. So according to the Bible, Ezekiel is a man who has a vision of a valley teeming with dry human bones. Um, dry bones simply means really, really old bones. So, you know. Okay like okay like to the point where they're kind of turning well, to dust n- not not fleshy bones I yeah suppose. people are long long dead yeah um so god transports ezekiel um probably not literally but in a vision to the valley of the dry bones and directed him to speak to the bones he is told to tell the bones that god would make uh, breath enter the bones and they would come to life um just as the creation of man when he breathed life into adam Oh, okay. Um, That's quite scary. Yeah. Ezekiel obeys and the the bones come together, flesh develops, skin covers flesh, breath enters the body and they stand up in a vast army. Yeah, okay, that's terrifying. (laughs) It's it's supposed to be a symbol of hope, but it's actually terrifying. Um, This vision symbol... It's it's that resurrection thing, that's that's prevalent in Christianity. Yeah, yeah, exactly, but it's it's like... As a a visual, that's quite terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. So this vision symbolizes the whole of the house of Israel that was then in captivity. So like the right, un- okay. so like the unburied skeletons, the people were in a state of living death, just pining away um, with no end in sight to I their see. suffering. Um, I, I can see why that would yeah. resonate. Yeah. And the reviving of the bones um, signifies God's plans for Israel um, to sort of have a, a, a restoration. Yeah. Uh, the vision um, also, most importantly, showed that Israel's new life depended on God's power and not the circumstances of the people. Okay. Again, I can see why that would be a a, uh, a compelling narrative yeah. and yeah, 
Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So that's the kind of that's the story behind it. It's got a, it's a really really interesting history. Yeah. Um, and I guess when they sort of transformed it into a nursery room, they kind of obviously took out all that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a very weighty. Even no. in, as nursery rhymes go, it's it feels yeah. like it's quite a lighthearted one yeah. in its delivery. Although it's weird because if sometimes you find because obviously I looked at other versions and there's so many very cheesy American, you know, white American versions of this singing, <laughs> singing, singing Dem Bones, D-E-M. Yeah. And hear the word of the Lord. And like some do mention Ezekiel, but it's weird because they've kind of done it in this African-American style, but they're clearly not. And it's just a bit blah, weird. There's a whole YouTube um, rabbit hole of um, music like that. Yeah. And it's... Blah. I mean, if you have shoes on as you watch it, your toes will just curl yeah. through the soles of them. I mean, um, it's interesting, and we'll stick with that. Yeah. Vince and I, Vince and I are not religious. Um, I am very, I, I love um, religious music. I enjoy Absolutely. listening to it. I love gospel as a particular favorite. Mm. It's interesting, um, but we don't we don't believe in God. But I, we respect people's religions. But when other people are doing stuff like that, especially when you've got you know people when you're involved in the slave trade as well it's all just a bit blah. yeah toe curling i think in in that world i think it continued for mm. quite some time there's much more reason like color tv sort of mm. 70s 80s footage from people appropriating things they probably shouldn't be yep. in that sphere yep. and it's uncomfortable yep. so i hope i hope i hope i covered the song as respectfully as possible um and yeah um, I think think it sounded very beautiful, actually. Oh, well, thank you very much. Um, Yeah, so there you go. That is the kind of uh, a little bit of history behind that song. Mm. Um, If anyone remembers singing that in school, then do give us a shout. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Or if anyone remembers the whole Simpsons version, because I only remember the wristwatch. I'm sure we can find it. No, no, there's the red thing before the wristwatch. The red thing. Uh, It's like the backbone is connected to the shoulder bone, the shoulder Yeah. the red thing, red thing, wrist, something like that. Yeah. Uh-oh. But yeah, this this song like this is and this is only some of the, like a, a a bit of an overview of the information. This song is a gold mine honestly. It's so interesting. Mm. Um right, so that is that is that and now I have a story which is connected, but you'll see how. Which which part of the skeleton is it connected to? Ah, very good. Very I good. Know. Um well, no, no which one? Oh, you know, it's fine. It's you fine. should have to wait and see. Oh. Maybe it's not connected to it in that way at all. Well, the whole song's about connections. I know. But you are going to be... Outwardly. I, th- I think you're going to be um, suitably confused for quite a while. Okay. Perfect. No, you... I, you know what? That's that's not an unusual state for me, and I look forward so to it. True. I relish it. So true. Yeah. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. We are going to hear about the legend of the Red Ghost. That's a great title. Then let's begin. During the 1880s, something terrifying was stalking the area of Arizona. It was known as the Red Ghost. As it roamed around in its deadly missions, truths and tall tales mixed to create a great legend of the Wild West. In 1883, two women, Anne and Eleanor, were alone with their children in a small adobe house on the Eagle Creek in the southeastern corner of Arizona Territory. Their husbands had gone for the working day and the women busied themselves with the morning chores. Anne excused herself from the house, explaining that she needed to go and fetch some water from the nearby spring. Be careful, said Eleanor. We never know when Jeromino might be planning his next raid. 
She was referring to the Apache leader and medicine man who was known for his fearlessness in resisting anyone, Mexican or American, who attempted to remove his people from their tribal lands. This included carrying out numerous raids, as well as fighting against Mexican and US military campaigns. As a matter of fact, both the women's husbands had gone to see how many of their sheep had been slaughtered or driven off in the last raid. I'm now wondering if there's a link here with the title of the story, but please continue. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to have a little guess? No, no I'd rather not. Okay, because I just don't think you're going to get it. Unless you I know, know I, the story. I prefer I don't okay. get it. No, yeah, I don't know the story. Ne- okay, you'll I never get it. I prefer that the red isn't referring to Geronimo. You'll never, That's what I'm thinking. You'll never get it. It's just, just it's an old it's story just, and they could be doing is, things like that. This is brilliant. You'll okay. never get it. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't worry, said Anne. I'll be real quick. She had been gone a little while when Eleanor became distantly aware of the sound of the yard dog barking. Then, much louder, she heard the screams of her friend. She rushed to the window, but it was not Geromino and his men she saw. Eleanor squinted and put her face closer to the glass. All she could make out was there was something huge and red outside. In her own words, it was being ridden by the devil. Paralysed with fear, Eleanor could not bring herself to go outside. Instead, she waited for the men to come home. Once they did and heard what had happened, both of them ventured out to investigate. Darkness was settling in by then, so they lit torches and headed out towards the spring. There, they discovered the body of Anne, trampled almost flat. In the mud next to her, was a strange, large footprint, twice the size of a horse's. Hanging from some nearby willows were long strands of red hair. The coroner, who had held an inquest, was highly suspicious of the story. Except for the horribly battered state of the body and the remarkable hoofprints, he would have been convinced that the woman had been murdered, possibly by a member of the family. In the end, however... He permitted the jury to return a verdict of death in some unknown manner. About two days later, prospectors were washing for gold on Chase's Creek. I love that. I love that image. It's so, um, you know, wild west, exactly isn't what it? you imagine. Washing for gold. Says, was it Arizona we're in? Like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. the picture you imagine, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So they were awoken violently when their tent came crashing down on top of them. The two men sat up and stared around them blearily. Then, the sound of an inhumane scream pierced through the night air. Breathless, the men stayed motionless. Then, the screaming was joined by the sound of pounding hooves. Sure you don't want to have a guess? I don't want to have a guess, no. Please keep going. Okay. Eventually, the men plucked up the courage and disentangled themselves from the tent to have a look into the night. There, they caught sight of what they thought was a silhouette of an impossibly big horse crashing through the brush. Again, clumps of red hair were left behind. Although half a dozen miners reported seeing this thing, which clearly matched details of the occurrence at the sheep ranch, the general reaction to the story was a sceptical grin. Tall tales told around the campfire were the favourite form of entertainment in those days. And the tellers soon seized on the red ghost, as they dubbed the mysterious animal, and embroidered on the meagre accounts of his two appearances. One devotee of this game claimed he had chased the beast until it had vanished into thin air, 
<laughs> Another reported he had watched it kill and devour a grizzly bear. Wow. But it seemed that the truth behind this bizarre and terrifying tale was that the red ghost was in fact a feral camel. <laughs> <laughs> Told you that, the inhuman scream makes a lot of sense yeah. now. That kind of just wait, just wait. This, kind is, of noise. this is mad. Okay, this is mad. So it's giant ginger camel. Yeah, feral Carol. Feral, leaving mad. red hair everywhere. So its story started in 1855 <laughs> with <laughs> with the security of war. Jefferson Davis, in the time before major railroads getting vital supplies across the USA, was really, really tricky. Mm. In order to solve the problem, Congress approved a $30,000 budget to purchase camels from the Middle East. Davis thought that these camels would be a perfect vessel to carry supplies across the harsh Texan desert. Mm. Sorry. That makes sense. I mean, it does make sense. It's just the thought of, like, I would like to buy... I would like to buy some camels, please. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So in 1857, 75 camels arrived and were put to work. They were stationed in Camp Verde in central Texas. Often, they were sent out on short supply runs to San Antonio. In the month of June, Edward Fitzgerald Bill would set out on a mission to lead 24 camels to California. The journey took five months to complete. They were driven over 12,000 miles of barren land and mountain terrain where water and food were scarce. But the camels were marvels and they more than proved their worth. Absolutely. Despite the success, Congress did not approve the import of any further camels. This was largely because the local mule lobbyists felt threatened by the camel's success. In the time before the transport, I can imagine I just, the, mu- just, the mule lobby is probably quite a sizable transport magnet. Got this vision of like a pack of camels and a pack of mules and like the men standing with each pack yelling at each other. Yeah. You know camels, they don't give a shit. They just like yeah, yeah. stand there chewing. The mules probably did broadly similar yeah. to be fair. Yeah, the animals are probably just like, oh, the fuck. You know, that's why I'm laughing because, you know, they just they just don't care, do they, at all? Um, I mean, we've got donkeys at one of the places I work and they are sweet, but a lot of the time they're just like, yeah, and... Like, don't speak to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, there was a there was this uh, disagreement between the mules and the camels. Um, (laughs) Then the Civil War hit and the whole operation was forgotten. After Texas succeeded, Camp Verde and its camels was quickly taken over. Seeing no use for the beasts, the camel was set free and left to wander. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So we've got 75 wandering camels naturally soon the camels found themselves scattered through history some ended up in zoos others became feral and sightings of them lasted till 1929 one lucky camel became part of the 43rd mississippi infantry (laughs) and was nicknamed old douglas (laughs) can we call this episode old douglas sure we like old douglas (laughs) the red ghost was one of these feral camels It did indeed trample a woman in 1883. And it's thought that the story of the two miners is truthful as well. Mm, Okay. Then a rancher named Cyrus Hamlin. That's a cool name, isn't it? It is. Cyrus Hamlin. Spotted the red ghost across a ravine. At that time, not many people would have known how to identify a camel. No, fair enough. Hamlin, however, had spent several years in the southern part of California and had seen the camels being brought in. 
He then said and stated that there was something odd about the hump of the camel. Because of the distance, he couldn't quite make it out, but there appeared to be a man-shaped silhouette strapped to the camel's back. Could this be the devil that is said to ride with the grizzly beast? A few weeks later, a group of prospectors sighted the red ghost and closed in on it, their guns at the ready. They opened fire. The camel fled, but as it did, the men spotted something white topple off its back. Quickly, the men ran over. To their horror and amazement, they were greeted by the sight of a human skull, with bits of scalp and hair still attached. They <laughs> got the connection! Yep, yeah, okay. It seemed that the camel had been carrying the remains of a human skeleton, <laughs> still strapped to its back. Well, yes. You see the connection now? I see the connection, yeah. The mystery. I feel sorry for the camel now. Yeah. The mystery of the red ghost finally came to an end when it was shot down by Mizzou Hastings. The beast had been feeding on his turnip patch and Hastings dropped the camel in one shot. You're not having them turnips. He's not having them turnips. No, no. (laughs) Well, he tried. Um, He examined the body of the camel, describing it as all scarred up with rawhide straps tied around its body. Some of the straps were so deep that it was fused to the camel's flesh. No wonder the poor thing went mad. Yeah. On the camel's back was the rest of the dead man that he had been carrying with it. Mm, Nice. So there you have it. It's it's a true. It was indeed a mad camel. Yeah. With a skeleton on its back. So not paranormal, but still pretty damn terrifying. Might as well have been to those people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. It's a mad camel with a skeleton on its back. Yeah. I mean, if you saw that in the street now, you'd be pretty surprised. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Ghost Riders in the Sky-esque, isn't it? Do you it's know going I mean? that way, yes. Yeah. It does sound a little less romantic, though. Yeah. Oh, I, I love it. I just love it. <laughs> it's just such a great story. <laughs> I'd never heard that before. No, neither had I. <laughs> I mean, I, when I was, because I was like, I need something to do with a skeleton. And I sort of Googled, you know, true ghost story skeleton and this came up and i was like this is this is just too good to be true (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's just all the little all the little old douglas and you know the mules and the camels falling out and all that sort of stuff it's just such a great story um so yeah um there you go i hope you enjoyed that i did i did (laughs) very sorry about the people who died but you know it was a long time ago Yeah, it was a long time ago I'm very sorry for the poor camel, but no wonder it went mental. Mm. Um, but there you have it. Yeah. So that is the story of the red ghost. That was a good choice of story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I think this episode should be called Old Douglas. Old Douglas, the Old red du- ghost. Old du- well, no, no. Old Douglas was the one that became part of the army or something. Or the oh, military. yes. Yeah. Old Douglas was part of the military. <laughs> the infantry. It just makes me laugh because I said camels just don't give a shit, do they? No. At all. They just sort of look at you sideways and chew. <laughs> and they just don't give a damn. Um, yeah, so I've actually ridden a camel. Did I tell you that? Not in, this evening you didn't not, know. No, well, you don't know that. Um, no, I, I was lucky enough to ride a camel in India. Oh, nice. Which was really cool. The, the only scary bit is when... Because they, they have to sort of sit down and you get on between the two humps. And it's very... Um, bony and sort of uncomfortable yeah and then it stands up and it's much higher than you think it's going to be and there is a moment where you have to really cling on otherwise you fall off um again you know this camel didn't give a shit why should it no. it was just like oh god they put something on me and then 
yeah so riding a camel is really cool um if a little bit uncomfortable there is a video of me somewhere let's see <laughs> if i can find it um i'm just sort of hanging on and my mum's kind of walking alongside me just going ah, look at her and i'm just like ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's weird you have to kind of sit very upright with like I, you can't see but i'm really arching my back and then kind of have your hands out at an angle mm-hmm. to hold the reins and then you have to kind of then stay like that completely still otherwise you fall off yeah um, that sounds exhausting. Yeah. I've heard only heard that it's really uncomfortable. It's pretty uncomfortable. Everyone has said it's uncomfortable. I thought, well, fair enough. It's not meant but to be written. I can but. say I've done it. Um, and luckily managed to get off and didn't turn into a skeleton. I'm glad about that. I wonder what the story behind that is. I mean, you know, this guy has <laughs> died on the camel's back. Like, it sounds a lot like it, doesn't it? He obviously strapped himself on so he didn't yeah. fall off and then couldn't undo it or something. I, I don't it's know. It's going to be exactly something like that. Crazy. Yeah. Um, and then thought, oh shit, this camel's mental. I don't know what to do. Um, so there you have it. So we will be back. Um, we with will. Our film episode in two weeks' time. Um, Which may or may not have camels in it. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't know. We haven't watched the film yet. Who knows, huh? But yeah, we're still working our way through the listeners' suggestions. Um, so thanks, um, everyone who's given us suggestions. And please do feel free to contact us if, if anyone else would like to suggest a film for us to review. Mm-hmm. Uh, the email address is ghostgeekuk at gmail.com. Um, and you can also find us on social media. Instagram is probably the best way. Just search the ghost gig. Yes, we are there. We're there a we lot. We are indeed there. Come say hi. We're very friendly. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, we'll speak to you all soon. Goodbye. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs>